0: Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old.
1: Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing.
0: Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Hey, Adam, I've never asked you this before, but do you like throwing volleyballs at people's heads and wailing on them until they literally die and float to heaven as an angel?
1: Absolutely, I do.
0: I've also never asked you this, but would you like to fight your shadow self as a final boss in a game?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, so like three minutes ago when we forgot to hit record, we're talking (laughs) about Super Dodgeball for the NES. It was developed by Technos Japan and published in North America by CGS Image Soft, who I probably should have looked up, but I don't think they're around anymore. And if they are, they're they're called something else. This was released for June 89. And in terms of can you get it now, I've bought this game two or three times for different virtual consoles. So I think I have it on my 2DS. I think I have it for my Wii U. If it's available, it'll be, well, it's an NES game. So I think they charge five or six bucks for those. Yeah, um, yeah it's a virtual console thing. And this is well, it's dodgeball. You have what amounts to a tennis court. You got six players. You have three in your court, and he has three in his court. But you have six players. Your other three are behind his court, or they're around it, and his other three players are around the back of your court, so you can get sniped. So you got the so that ball. Of course, it's only one ball. It's not like elementary dodgeball where there's 50. You know, the teacher throws 50 balls into the room. Here, you just got the one, so you can always keep track of it. But if you lose track of it say when everything's flashing a lot because um, that's a problem in this game uh, you may not notice that it got thrown behind you and one of their players catches it and just brings yeah. you with the ball Yeah, um, and I love this game man I mean despite that it's a little janky like it flashes sort of like the Atari 2600's Pac-Man flashes because it couldn't keep the ghosts and Pac-Man and everything on the screen at once so it alternates this is kind of the same thing though I think it's just shitty programming in this case but other than that like this game is pretty amazing had you ever played it before i assigned it to you
1: so no this was the the first time that i'd ever played this uh i'll be honest with you you set my expectations very low with this game really Uh, yeah because you you'd repeatedly said to me all right now i'm going to give you the manual and read the manual (laughs) otherwise you're gonna hate i think you told me that like three times about this game well
0: because otherwise you'll never learn how to do your special throws you'll never learn how to because it's such a it's so counterintuitive to run you have to double tap in the direction you're moving
1: I don't know. That seems pretty intuitive to me.
0: You know, I've been playing this game since I was like, well, 1989, so 14. So you know, I couldn't tell you when I learned that, but I'm sure I had to read the manual. So.
1: Sure. But, but uh, anyway, so no, I'd, I'd never played this before. I I went through the manual and you know what? This is just one of those things that you, you really have to appreciate about the old NES games is the manual and yep. the names of some of the characters on Team USA. Let's talk about that for a second real quick because it just tickled <laughs> me. We got Sam Powers, Bill Flesh, John Stone, Steve Safe, Randy Sting, and Mike Knopfler.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Sam, Bill, and Steve are my guys. Part of it tells me that the Japanese team just grabbed. I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, want they found
1: know. words. They found words to use as last names. Uh, and that's that's readily apparent in this game. There are a few translation typos here and there Yeah, um, yeah
0: there are there are it's a, it's the nature of you know, a winner is you which yeah, is like exactly of, I guess from like track and field or something like that. Something um, yeah Yeah, it's did you play did you play the other mode the schoolyard mode?
1: I didn't I only played uh, played the campaign mode because that in and of itself took me like I don't know, 35 40 minutes to get through
0: Yeah uh, the schoolyard mode is just that. You're in a schoolyard, and it's very clearly a Japanese school. Mm-hmm. You can just see from the architecture. It's not like the sweeping grooves. It looks like a Japanese school made in the 70s. The only reason I know that is I, in, in the summer of 88, I spent three weeks in Japan and went to school with the exchange student I was with. Okay. But anyway, yeah, it's just, it's its its the same game, except you're on a schoolyard, so you just run around and wail on each other with the ball, and it's a last man standing deathmatch. Okay, uh, cool. Which is what you want to hear when you're talking about a schoolyard game. You want to hear the word... <laughs> death match. You know, everyone has health and you wail on a guy until all his, his his health bar his health points are gone and then he floats to heaven as a little angel. It's quite funny, but yeah, 99% of the time I just play the uh the competition. Yeah. And it's so cool like every you know when you play versus the the Brits, you're hearing I can't remember the name of the song, is it's a Beatles song you're hearing in the background. The music is very like it's very stereotypical the, the chinese yeah. music and the japanese music and the kenyan music and different teams like the, the kenya court is like mud yeah uh so you have trouble moving you you move a little slower and then there's the icelandic court which is on so ice
1: um dumb. i loved it but it was oh so yeah dumb. did you ever
0: if you ever managed to get with sam if you ever managed to get some real momentum going and throw that super like lance shot or yeah. it turns it into like this this spear of death yeah. i once on that map wailed on a guy so hard it went through the first two guys hit the third guy he went out of his screen wrapped around to my screen went back through his screen two oh or three God. times like he'd gone <laughs> around the world two or. Th- it was hilarious it's also a hard map because of course it takes a while to get some momentum because you're on ice yeah but man it's a it's a wild game and it's super fun and you know sometimes you just want to be a dick so you throw the ball to one of the guys behind the uh enemy lines and you just smack one of their players in the head it doesn't ta- doesn't take off any health but you're just being a dick about it um, it,
1: it does a little bit of damage but nothing noticeable a little
0: bit. you'd have to wail on him to get rid of like one notch of health yeah but um, man it is so funny
1: um yeah oh absolutely Um, it's a lot of
0: fun and it's like there's not a lot to this game there's the two modes and they play exactly the same you can play multiplayer uh, but i only ever found one sucker i mean other player uh, to play with and that was at a sleepover in high school i brought my (laughs) nes with me the problem is all my friends in high school none of them were well they were like me they were pc gamers Mm -hmm. but of course i had an nes i brought it with me i rented the game and I had to throw matches so they would still play with me. Okay. Because it was very clear, even if this would have been 1991 or 1992, uh, I've been playing the game for a few years and even just renting it over and over again. I was really good at this game. So I had to keep throwing matches so they wouldn't go, why am I doing this? Yeah, um, But, you know, it's it's an easy game. It's not, it is an easy game to master. It just takes a little That's bit so of sad. time.
1: But, yeah, uh, once you once you get the timing for like when you need to throw the ball to get the power shots and learning how to jump and catch things and duck to avoid when you want to like yeah it got to the point where i was just playing as, as sam and sam would get the ball back and he would throw yeah. his little yeah. bullet shot to the very back and my player at the back of the opposing court would catch it and throw it back to sam and then he'd just keep doing this over and over until i completely cleared everybody out
0: oh yeah i mean, I mean that was <laughs> sort of my standard thing was to catch it walk right up to the line at their court mm-hmm. turn around run towards the back of my court jump in the air turn around and do the power shot oh yeah and they are less likely to catch it because they're off screen and the, oh, okay. the, the game could it's kind of a cheat admittedly because the game can't handle the ai yeah. when the players aren't on screen sure. um, but it's quite funny i mean it's but man it's a cool game very cool um, game you know and it's just for the as far as nes games go this is one of the better ones like if you're gonna get a virtual console game if you're gonna spend six bucks this is absolutely one of the ones you want yeah Uh, especially if you have someone to play it with
1: (laughs) especially if you've got some time to learn the game beforehand and somebody else to play it with
0: that that too yeah it's true enough but uh you know i'd hope they would make an snes version or a game boy version and they did but none of them were ever like this one
1: yeah just toned down or
0: just different games it's like it was made by a different developer who was told you make us make a dodgeball game for this system right and so i don't think technos japan ever went back maybe they did but i never found a game that played like it right so that's too bad but this one's out there i mean we could keep talking about it but it's just it's awesome go buy it
1: yeah there's and, there's not all that much more to say really
0: are you gonna play more of it you think or are you done
1: i don't know i i have a hard time justifying keeping and NES emulator on my computer just for like one or two games but if I were to get a hankering for it I would have no problem redownloading an emulator and playing this again.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So there it is. There it is.
1: And would you kindly go through a capitalist hellscape and murder a whole bunch of narcotic addicted maniacs for me? Sure. Perfect. But
0: can I go back and experience it as a a communist utopia? Could I do that later?
1: Yeah, sure. That sounds fair enough.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm good.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into Bioshock, and and really, Bioshock is an entire series because yeah. the the three main games and their DLC all sort of tell an overarching story. Bioshock 2 is mm-hmm. a bit of an outlier there, but it's still a good game in its own right. Anyways. I have an
0: argument about that, but carry on. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: Bioshock, developed by 2K Boston and 2K Australia, uh, published by 2K Games as a whole, directed by the legendary name in video game design, Ken Levine. Uh, it's really... actually
0: Irrational Games. They're the ones who made it. Pretty sure no, it's the, Irrational.
1: The, they changed their name to Irrational after the fact.
0: Oh, did they? Okay, my yeah. bad. Okay, nope, but no the same, it's the same group.
1: Yeah, same group. Yeah. Uh, they okay. just changed the name. Okay,
0: fair enough.
1: Um, yeah. So published by Ken Levine, uh, he was the lead designer for System Shock 2, which is what this series oh. was the spiritual successor yeah. to. What I'm And that is. And actually, you might—I don't know if you know this or not—but he was uh, one of the voice actors for Freedom Force and one of the lead writers on Freedom Force versus the Third Reich.
0: I didn't know that, but they're made by the same company. Those, by the way, are also awesome games. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, well. I mean, this is back in the time when you got your secretary to do the voice work very true uh, you know
1: so you can find bioshock uh at least the first one on windows xbox 360 and one ps3 ps4 mac ios allegedly i couldn't find a, a good reference for that but it's also on the wikipedia page sure. and switch yeah. so guys top of the episode here just want to give you a quick little disclaimer bioshock yeah. as a series gets very political uh the first game deeply discusses Randian philosophy the third game Objective- deep yeah and and altruism and the the third game really gets into like the death of the american dream and uh fatalism and it's it's gonna be a thing yeah Yeah. we're gonna
0: talk politics today
1: so (laughs) if you don't want to hear that we are not going to hold it against you if you skip this one so if you do thanks so much for coming out and uh hope to see you on the next one (laughs) yeah for those of you who are still with us let's get into this so farron unfortunately you've got your motion sickness but you have played all these games in the past so why don't you tell me about your sort of initial experiences with the bioshock series
0: like most people i played the demo for the first one which is like the first five minutes of the game so you Mm -hmm. crash in the ocean you go to the uh the lighthouse you take the um, the elevator down underground you see the city of rapture and then i think it takes you right up to you encounter the first big daddy through the glass wall okay Uh, and like everyone else i was instantly impressed by how moody and impressive it was and i went wow i gotta play this i've played all three of them Uh, i've played all the dlc except the dlc for bioshock infinite i never for whatever reason got around to that right they it's funny because i own all three on steam and then i was gifted by irrational or whoever it is these days the remasters they made so oh, okay. I should go back and play these again. game. Yeah, I played all these, all three of them. I loved all three of them. I am an outlier in that I think Bioshock 2, which Irrational did not make. It was farmed mm. out to someone else. Um, I would argue it is a perfect sequel, that it is not an outlier. And we can get into that. It's a different game because it's not open world the way the other two are. Yeah, um, but that's because in Bioshock. Well, I guess let's just do it. Uh, Bioshock 1 and Bioshock <laughs> 3, you're an outsider ostensibly you're an outsider so you don't know where you're going so you can get lost and wander anywhere in Bioshock 2 you play a big daddy which we've all seen this the scary whatever it is in the old uh diving suit with the drill hand so a big daddy knows his way around Rapture so you don't have to wander everywhere so it's a more guided experience because the big daddy should know where to go
1: yeah very much so
0: you know and so it makes more sense that it's not quite the open experience but yeah, these games are very impressive. They're some of the only games that take politics really seriously. I mean, it's still a video game, let's be yeah, honest. Very much so. But um, it takes the politics super seriously and in an impressive way.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it gives the politics a chance to really flesh out and really determine the story. And we'll, we'll get into, you know, the psychological aspects of yeah. the Bioshock series. Absolutely. This, you know paints a picture of this capitalist utopia. And what is the likely scenario for that? Well, greed is going to ruin it is what it really boils down to. Yeah.
0: But remember, it's not just capitalism. It's Mm. Ayn Rand's objectivism. For those who don't know, Ayn Rand uh, wrote The Fountainhead and uh, was the other crap?
1: Atlas one. shrugged.
0: Uh, Atlas shrugged, and this this is what young conservatives discover in high school, and it changes their lives forever. <laughs> and they get stuck in high school. Uh, Paul Ryan, who was Mitt Romney's running mate, he's big into Ayn Rand, and it's it is viewed even in the United States, the capitalist center of the world. It's v- objectivism. Her th- philosophy is viewed in such negative terms that during the 2012 presidential campaign, Mitt uh, Mitt Romney ordered Ayn uh, ordered. Paul Ryan to shut his mouth and not talk <laughs> about it. By the way, Senator Rand Paul, mm-hmm. son of Ron Paul, the kook, he's named after Ryan Rand. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the idea of I got mine, now screw you. Uh Roger Ebert once put it perfectly, I'm on board, now let's take off. You know, shove oh, okay. off.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: It's very much the idea that Uh, charity is wrong that you should only be in it for yourself Mm -hmm. and you'll be greedy as much as the market will allow and you'll help others when it is to your benefit to make it happen. And so that's what Rapture this underwater city is where you're only you can you can only succeed if you make it on your own. I still remember the flashback to the final New Year's Eve, which is like 1956 or 1957 where you're seeing through the vision of a you're seeing through the eyes of a character and you're walking into this ball and outside of the ballroom is a young girl dying on the floor but you walk past her because why would you help her? Helping mm-hmm. other people is is wrong.
1: Yeah, um, there's but there's if, no such thing as altruism. There's no selfless deed that is not in fact for your own benefit, so why do anything selfless when you yeah. can simply serve um, yourself?
0: And of course the whole idea of the story is that you are again ostensibly an outsider who's crashed in the ocean and gone down there, and you're being led by a voice. Come here, do this. By the way, that's exactly the same as System Shock 2. You're being led. Essentially, you have a narrator telling you where to go, and you're seeing the end result of this objectivism, which is that the society has fallen apart. The people who survived are psycho monsters. Drugs are everywhere because there's some bullshit drug. I forget what it was called.
1: Uh, it was uh, Adam.
0: Adam. A- A-D-O- A-D-A-M is an Adam. Yeah, no,
1: just like Adam, name. like my name.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're a drug uh, yeah. that drives people nuts. That's good to know, uh, ladies beware. But yeah, like th- these people, like I still remember the psycho lady. I think she was wasn't she the the plastic surgeon?
1: Uh, uh, tenenbaum?
0: I don't remember. It's been so long.
1: No, she but, was the uh, she was the the caretaker of the little sisters. Um,
0: right, um, and that's another creepy thing. The little sisters who are they carry a lot of Adam and there's a lot of horror in this game like this is a this is a mature game and it's one of the few games i would tell you that no one under the age of about 15 16 should ever attempt these games because there's a lot of scary imagery and the politics is pretty dense and you should be prepared to talk to your kid about this after they play it yeah um yeah so
1: though that said i i think i played this when i was a about 15 for the first time. Yeah, you were um,
0: pretty mature, 15 year old, as I recall. Like you, this was certainly up your alley. This wasn't going to confuse you.
1: Relatively speaking, I mean, for the most part, what gripped me about this game more than the politics of it, I mean, like, because to my mind, uh, even at the time, was, yeah, if you've got a, a a hellscape where nobody cares about anybody but themselves, obviously the whole thing is going to collapse down around their ears. What yeah. um, what got me more about the game was the assertion that player choice really doesn't matter in video games that yeah you like doesn't matter how much freedom you think you have in a game you have none.
0: that's yeah that's the kicker it's an open world game but you're not affecting a damn thing you're going to play this game you're ultimately going to get where they want you to go
1: yeah and and you know this whole conversation was had at a fantastic point in time and it would be resurrected like I don't know. Ten years after the fact, with that uh, stupid meme from the Call of Duty games, where it was press F to pay respects, and yeah. this exact same conversation came back: is why am I doing something where I'm being forced to do it? I've got no other option, but I have to press the damn button to do it. Just it yeah. talking about player autonomy and the the ability to make decisions, and that was that was always the part of Bioshock that stuck with me. the The politics of it, well, I appreciated and understood it. It was it was never the main talking point for me.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because that's what everyone talks about for the game um you know and and it's funny because the second game i think it takes place what about 10 years later 10 15 years later it's a while later
1: yeah it's it's yeah
0: yeah and the survivors have sort of banded together and created what they wanted to be a communist utopia but like in the real world every communist utopia ends up being a dictatorship Mm -hmm. and a little bit of a cult of personality um and you don't I don't even remember what you're supposed to be doing in that second story at all. I don't you're,
1: remember. You're right. chasing down the little sister that you lost when you were a, a big daddy however long ago and right. the little sister was taken by bandits and it's a, it's a fantastic story about like trauma and familial yeah. connection and just the way that formative experiences truly shape you and yeah. the the difference between our perceived reality and our shared reality. It's a very interesting discourse on it.
0: Yeah and then there's a third one and holy hell is that its own beast Do you know that <sighs> you know that you know the famous poster of in that you see all over the place of watch George Washington presented as this godlike figure with yep. the Bell of Liberty and all of these caricatures of Jews and Chinamen mm. and uh and I say Chinaman because trust me
1: <laughs> That's that is the is.
0: stereotype <laughs> with uh with the with the uh, with the Fu Manchu mustache and the braid and the cap up top and and then the Jewish guy with the long nose and the Irishman who of course is drunk like of all course. these vile vile, racist imagery. This poster, by the way, if you type in Bioshock Infinite Racist Poster, you'll find it. Do you know that, remember that the Tea Party, these loons from like yep. 2012? Do you yeah. know they used to use it unironically? They used Didn't that poster? Really? Are you shocked?
1: No, I'm not shocked, but Man. like...
0: Um, like that's... the third one is not Anyways. really connected to the first two, and yet it is. Yeah. Which is about a floating city called Columbia. Columbia is a woman. She is mm-hmm. the image used in early America before Uncle Sam. Yeah. It's a white woman with a shield and a sword and a helmet. It's very Greek. Um, this is before Uncle Sam came. You know, when I... You know, America wants you yeah um, it's sort of a late 1800s sort of thing it's very very weird what it was it was the same way Queen Victoria was depicted as sort of this pure woman but also a woman with a sword right. um, and Colombia is this floating city in the clouds and you're sent in search of the songbird which is mm. a woman and she's being protected by this scary clockwork monster and it's all about American exceptionalism and it's you know, it's a sort of a society where, and a cult, frankly, where American Accessionalism has become a religion, and the founding fathers, some of them, are held up as—I won't say gods, but they're deified. god-like. Yeah, they're deified, gods like Yeah. And it's interesting because, as remember that one, as you go through, you see flashes of different realities, and one mm-hmm. of them is it's communist, and 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 another it's objectivist, and then you realize there's actually a connection to Bioshock One and Two. Oh yeah. Um, I remember going into EB Games halfway through the game and saying, Man, they were so lazy making this game. They even used the sound of the ship's bell from Bioshock One. How lazy is that that they wouldn't go and <laughs> record new things? And the clerk just sort of looked at me and smiled and said, Keep playing. And there's a connection with which we won't we won't spoil, but no. you know, that game took a lot of shit because it was it's its own development nightmare, but the politics were so in your face
1: yeah that was dare I say
0: dare I say anti-American
1: yeah I I don't think that that's uh, that's a stretch to argue it was it was of the Bioshock games the one that was most heavy-handed with its political yes. views yes because I mean yes Andrew Ryan arguably the main character of Bioshock one is an founder anagram of yeah. Yeah, founder of Rapture his name is very close to an anagram of Ayn Rand you just add we are just the letter R and you get Andrew Ryan
0: yeah that's, um, that was on purpose of course yeah
1: yeah, but it, it was never, like, Rand never got mentioned. The actual, you know, principles and philosophies were never deliberately mentioned, but, you know, they would strictly quote from Uh, atlas shrugged or the fountainhead and and it's very interesting you can find really really great videos that break that down and point out very specific lines that were lifted and put into bioshock but bioshock infinite took that and just said yeah we don't care we're going to take the american dream i american exceptionalism and we're going to tear this apart and really really examine what this means and how awful and terrible it can possibly be for the but common man a,
0: but american exceptionalism as it was expressed in the very like pre-world war one america yes, yes these people are all dressed like it's 1912 i always recommend playing all three of them but i always say when you get to the third game play it on the easiest level because the combat is fine but it's kind of a pain in the ass i kind of wish i could play through it with very little combat just enjoy the story yeah combat's fun don't get me wrong Never used a Tommy gun so much in my damn life, but <laughs> but it's uh, you know they're they're great games. They but politically speaking, I've never seen games cause a stir the way, it, especially Bioshock Infinite did. First off, because it was an absolute shit show of development, it yeah. kept changing. I've seen three different. I watched three different trailers, of three different E3s that all communicated a very different story, and, including entire s- scenes of supposed gameplay. That not only never made it into the game, but weren't even close to what you experienced.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: But you know what? I'm okay with that because they iterated and they came up with something that worked, sort of, oh well. But you know, I appreciate that they were actively working on the game. It wasn't an easy game to make, no, and that's no. why I respect it.
1: It absolutely was not. And if you, if you are interested in learning more about that, there's a fantastic book called Press Reset by Jason Schreier. Uh, yeah. It just came out earlier this year, I believe. And it talks about not only the, the development of the Bioshock series, but everything that spun off from that. All the studios that were closed because of it, all the name yeah. changes that happened, all the people who were influenced by Ken Levine and went on to create their own project. It's, it's an excellent, excellent book, and I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, I've heard. I keep. I mean, I listen to J- Jason Schreier. He does podcasts that he has in the past, and I usually listen to them, but uh, I haven't gotten around to that book. But yeah, these these games were, when Bioshock Infinite was over, I think it was Levine who walked away from the AAA space and said, yep. I'm done now, um, and I can get that. But a lot of it was he took a risk, and he talked about some serious political stuff at a time when he agitated well the entire republican side of the states (laughs) uh, at a time when they were railing against a you know their country's first african-american president Mm -hmm. and i think it touched a nerve with them but that's not the only game that did that assassin's creed 3 which was about the american revolution came out at this time and i remember reading interviews with staff who were terrified that some tea party loon was going to latch onto this game. So they had to be careful to say, no, no, he's not pro-British. He's his own guy. And I mean, right. the game sucked anyway, but I remember one of the trailers looked like a tea party ad. Oh, and God. I was not, so I was not surprised with some of the outright racist propaganda that you see throughout the floating city of Columbia in the form of posters because they were leaked because, the, you know, the developers released them high res because why not? They were used by tea Partiers which is a uh, little scary yeah uh, but you know it's funny because it's sort of it's the worship of the founding fathers but it's sort of the crass commercialism of america very much go so. To, go to a theme park and see robo washington who has machine yeah. guns because of course he does and,
1: because of course he does and you know, he's and shooting ev- fire out of his mouth and yeah
0: and everything is you know flags everywhere and but at the same time it's a If you're a gamer there's games you play because they're amazing games and there's games you should also play because they're part of your education as a gamer yeah and i would say that this trilogy is among those like go buy the play all three
1: absolutely um yeah you can you can pick them up on steam for relatively cheap at this point i would imagine that they're probably infinite's probably still a bit more but i'd imagine you can probably find bioshock one and two for around that 10 15 dollar mark uh yeah but this this is definitely just one of those seminal moments in gaming that really, really struck a chord with so many people and changed a tone.
0: The first two are about twenty bucks each, and the third is thirty-three. Okay. Uh, look, I'm sure you can get each of them for ten bucks at the next sale.
1: Yeah, hundred you know, sure percent. even if you can't, I think that that is a price that's worth paying to play those games. You pay forty bucks and get all three. That's worth it.
0: Fifty, but yeah. Well, no, or it's 50 thirty. So. We'll, was well, thirty for the th- thirty for infinite and twenty oh, right. for each of the other two, so yeah. 30 50 70 bucks, whatever. You're paying nope. for a full size game, but you're getting you're getting a like well for the for the cost of one modern triple A. You're getting three games, which yeah. were serious triple A sh- first person shooters, well made games that happen to be uncommonly intelligent politically yeah. speaking. Uh, that by the way is hard to do, especially in a. You know, in a, in a, in a development studio, I and mean, this isn't someone who wrote a script and said here, take this, this is a communal process, yeah. not communal, it's not right, uh, a uh,
1: cooperative, cooperative? cooperative
0: process, yeah, it's, it's a cooperative collaborative process, mm-hmm. so the fact that they managed to keep a philosophical through line through each of these games, and then link them all together, is impressive
1: it's incredibly impressive yeah. and you know what the best part is is we've rambled on about this game for a while now and we haven't even mentioned the gameplay which yeah. in and of itself is fantastic you get powers you can shoot bees at people's faces and hack uh turrets to shoot at their that its allies but that's that's not even the the focal point of it which really speaks to how phenomenal these games are and how much love and care went into crafting them they look gorgeous yes absolutely beautiful uh the art deco style that you see in bioshock one and two is rapture, just so yeah. much fun to be in in rapture yeah, yeah. and then that that the col- i wanted to call it colonial art it's the, style it's the,
0: it's the gilded it's the early 19 late 1800s early 1900s that's what they refer to as the gilded age
1: okay well the gilded age architecture that you see yeah. in bioshock 3 and in bioshock infinite Funny enough, they called it infinite because they kept getting asked for more and more sequels and they said no This is the last one. We're calling it infinite.
0: Is that why Any, they actually named it
1: that, that? Yeah, that's that was the oh. in joke by the developers
0: yeah, I'm not sure. If, I mean it also it also plays into the story because it links back to yes. the other two and multiple realities and stuff like that but yeah one well, thing I will mention because it's it actually it was actually shown in the promotional materials hmm. that one point the songbird this woman opens a portal to a new reality which is France and you see the marquee of a movie theater. And the movie they're advertising is, do you remember? I don't. Revenge of the Jedi.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Not
0: Return of the Jedi,
1: the original
0: name Revenge of the Jedi, which was changed because Star Trek II: the Wrath of Khan had come out the previous year and Lucas didn't want people to say, Oh, didn't I already see this? (laughs) So I'm not kidding. So he changed it from Revenge of the Jedi to return of the jedi so the idea was you were looking into the future but an alternate future where it's revenge of the jedi and i'm not sure how many people would have clued into that because it's just a quick thing you either notice or you didn't but mm-hmm. they made a point of showing that screenshot and all the promotional materials
1: and very and so, very cool
0: yeah it, it's this game likes to screw with its players and i love that about it but not in a cheap way
1: no no nothing here is just for the laugh it, it is all intentional and purposeful and there is nothing done that is just for the whim of it yeah so i i think that we've had a, a really good healthy discussion here yeah. uh thank you guys so much for sticking with us through the the politics we yeah. don't often get on to it but i think that this was a good very important discussion about a very important game so farron unfortunately i know your answer already due to yeah. your motion sickness so you're not, gonna not going to continue playing back. these yeah and uh you know these are these are games that i've played through i think i've played through one and infinite three times each and i think wow. i've played through two I think I've only played through two once.
0: Go back. Give it another Um,
1: shot. Yeah. But they're they're games that I'm going to keep going back to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. So there it is.
1: There it is.